Hey, Alex. Hey. Are we starting? How you been? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> yeah, I'm not editing that out. How have I been? Uh, I was I was doing pretty good until last night. <laughs> uh, last night. So, last week we I spent too much time talking about Monster X and the stupid 200 and some dollars worth of jewelry I was going to buy, right? Okay. And uh, I ended up not buying it because the rings are not my size. Tragic. Yeah, it's tragic, but instead I found two different signed Juhan albums uh, that I bought. Okay. One's coming from Florida, so no big deal. The other one's coming from Japan, which is an issue, as I learned at about 2 o'clock this morning, because Japan is no longer shipping to the States. Oh my god, how long ago has that been in effect? Ten days. Ten? (laughs) That's rough. Right, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like I've already shipped this girl money three different times because we Do kept getting I need the pricing wrong. from Japan. Yeah, good luck with that. Just the fact that I can't import makes me sad. So you can; it's just really expensive, right? That's worse. Be- yeah, because it was, was going to be like this girl that's by the album that she's selling me. Um, she's like everything's face value. Like I'm getting the the P card or the yeah the, the photo cards in it, and it's she's only asking what she paid. So, okay. which normally with like signed albums and stuff like this, that whoever buys it, they end up keeping the, the the PCs, and they jack up the price. Like this same album signed at a different event is going on eBay right now for like a hundred bucks. Gross. And I'm paying twenty five. Um, okay. So, right. So. You're not uh, buying it from Wish, are you? No, 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 no. I'm buying it from a girl <laughs> off of Twitter, which is. Kind of sketch, but you know, she she sent me screenshots of everything as we've been Honestly, going. Honestly, more reliable than Wish. It sounds like probably she's she's really nice, but it's uh she she texts me at like two o'clock this morning because she's in Japan, and she goes so uh the Japanese postal service isn't mailing anything to the U.S. for the foreseeable future, and then it was like okay, so we were like DHL or or, or FedEx, so we go on DHL's website. DHL was like $120. Gross. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I, FedEx, when I looked it up, it was like $60. It's still gross. Right? And I was like... At that point, you should have just gotten off eBay. Well, these are this is a new album that's like only being sold in this one store right now. Like, it's not on eBay. Oh, never mind. Like, the, the one on eBay is a different event. Oh, um, okay. And, and so I was like, okay... I can't justify $60 on shipping for a $25 album. And so I told her to just refund me the money. And so she texts me a little later today, and she goes, hey, for whatever reason, the app won't let her refund the money, so if I just send a request, she'll just send me the money that way for the same amount. Mm-hmm. Be done with it. Okay. I was like, okay, fine. And then I just, I, it sat wrong with me all day, and I was like, screw it. And I was like, I'll pay the $60 in shipping. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Right? And so, but I, I had filled out the, the paperwork for it to get the quote, and I had kind of put dummy information in it. And uh, it's actually only $40 in shipping. Hey! Um, and so, but when she put in the, the right information, uh, shipping's only $40. Hey, so you're going so, to it. Yeah, I mean, it's only... That's worth it. To go from, like, 120 on a different service to 40 it's like... Mm-hmm. And I'm still going to get it by, like, next week. So it's not yes. like it's forever. That's pretty good for a signed album. Yep. Uh, well, the other one that's coming from Florida, like, with free shipping, cost me $60, so. <laughs> but the other thing that happened, one of my biggest fears happened, but it happened in the opposite way I expected. <laughs> Spiders. No, it's Came still K-pop. to marry you. 
Oh, okay. No, it's still K-pop. So I have the concert and the phone call with Monster X on the 25th, right? Or the oh, 20th, God, yeah. Right? And so I was really worried. I knew Dustin, the other K-pop group that I've had the phone call with. Yes. I knew they were doing another meet, uh, a concert and meet thing. And I was so worried that the dates were going to be on the same day and that I wouldn't be able to do it, right? They're on the same day. Well, Dustin, they announced that theirs were going to be on August 8th and 9th. I was like, great. Not a problem. How's that bad? Last week, almost everybody from Monster X got LASIK all of a sudden because they had enough downtime to be able to recover. Which got what sick? They got LASIK. Oh, LASIK. Like yeah, because eyes. they all have yeah they all have terrible eyesight. So four of the six members got LASIK, and then Shona was there to get for like a consultation, and they found out that his retina was detached, so he had to have emergency surgery. So pretty minor surgery. Uh, it's just a, a really long recovery time. But it's like you're awake during the surgery and stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. not a huge thing. He's fine. He's recovering. But because of that, they postponed the concert until August 8th. Oh. So I thought Dustin was going to be the problem. But now Monster X has doubled up. But there's hope. If Dustin does the same times as they did on the first one, instead of doing day two, which would be at the exact same time as the Monster X concert, if I do day one, I could start... At 5 a.m. With, with the Dustin concert, follow up with the phone call, take a nap, and then by 11 o'clock have my <laughs> at p.m. have my Monster X concert, and then my phone call with Juhan whenever that happens after the concert. So basically, like, I'm just not going to sleep for uh, about so, something. Yeah, so two questions. One, can you just, like, ring them up or send them an email to find out when the call is probably going to be for uh, Dustin? So, um, none of it goes on sale for, like, two weeks. So, sometime between now and then, all the information is going to come out. And two, uh, do you trust yourself to take a nap between one concert to another? Yes, because if, if it's the same... For risk of oversleeping and being too excited to sleep. So, the too excited is going to be my concern, but I really need to sleep in between because the Monster X concert is probably going to be, like, an hour long. So, it'll be at, at least, if not longer... So it well, won't until... you just sleep the night before. Huh? Well, you just sleep the night before. I mean, I will sleep Friday night. Well, you said this thing's at like 5 o'clock, right? So 5 a.m. Yeah. is Dustin. 11 p.m. Yeah. is Monster X. Oh, I thought you said 11 a.m. No, no, 11 p.m. Oh, never mind. Yeah, so there's, there's plenty of time for me to sleep in between. Yeah. I just... <laughs> two, two different idle calls in the same day is a little chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be like a few hour window for you to possibly sleep. No, I mean it should be longer than that, but it's really going to screw up my sleep schedule more so than it already is. <laughs> Look, sometimes you just got to break a few eggs to get your sleep schedule back on track. Yeah, maybe I take off that Monday so I can just reset my sleep schedule like Sunday night. <laughs> but will that even work? Probably not. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, so that's been my last few days, because the news that the concert got postponed came out at like 10 o'clock this morning. Oh, it's rough. <laughs> so I was like, oh no. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. Hey. How you been? I'm good. Awesome. I told you about the potential new job I might have. Yeah. I finished Last of Us and its DLC. Oh, that's cool. Uh, How do you Last like it? Last of Us is incredible. I like mm-hmm. a game that doesn't waste my time with pointless padding. Mm-hmm. 
and there was a singular like enemy encounter in the game that I didn't like, and it was at the end of the DLC, so I'm not like offended. Yeah. But the story was great. Joel and Ellie, I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, the game's ending. Wow. I don't know if you remember how the game ends or not. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, content warning, spoiler for The Last of Us 1, a game that came out in 2013, I guess? Mm-hmm. Still, if you don't want to listen, just skip ahead like the next minute or two. <laughs> Ellie is going to have to die so that they can create the vaccine. And Joel says, no, so he invades the place, shoots up a bunch of soldiers, and then you have to, like, shoot some unarmed doctors yourself to save Ellie. Like, it's not a cutscene. You have to pull the trigger multiple times yourself. Ooh, that's rough. (laughs) It was incredible. There's a (laughs) a moment in a Metal Gear Solid game that basically ends on that kind of moment, and it's just like, Mm -hmm. damn. (laughs) I thought Joel's decision was interesting. I'm glad he did not do the obvious, oh, it's best for the world trope. Because Joel's lost enough. Mm -hmm. I like him. He's a good character. I love him. Uh, I love his voice acting. I love how he gradually opens up to Ellie. And then, like, towards the end, he's, like, freely talking about his daughter. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is nice. (laughs) I'll play the second one eventually. And the DLC focuses on Ellie during a uh, period of time where Joel is incapacitated, mm-hmm. which happens in the first game. It's like an in-between, in not in-between cool, because it just straight up happens in the first game. Mm-hmm. And it also focuses on like the events leading up to uh, her being bitten. And you find out Ellie's lesbian. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not real, it's not brought up ever if she's into dudes or girls mm-hmm. in the first game, but the DLC uh, confirms she's a lesbian. I know the trailers for the second game is how i found out oh <laughs> so i didn't even know it was like already confirmed until i just straight up saw her kissing another girl and like two years ago watching a trailer and i was like whoa is this like big news and apparently everyone <laughs> already knew uh. <laughs> but it was cute it was a cute story it's awesome. uh, what else have i been doing nothing <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing a lot of mario kart again this uh for some reason this past weekend I don't know, I just really just wanted to play a game that wouldn't make me upset even if I lost. <laughs> and Mario Kart is 100% that. I uh, I get mad when I lose Mario Kart, like, badly. Like, if something goes terribly wrong in the beginning and it just ruins everything. So you, Mario Kart is so, like, luck-based to me that, like, you can be doing as well as possible. And, like, a blue shell and a red shell can just ruin your whole day. And I just, I think of it, like... There's nothing I could have really done to prevent this. I feel like I got good enough with Double Dash that even, like, Blue Shells didn't really screw me over too much. I mean, I'm just playing online where, like, there's a few people that are actually just real good. Oh, yeah, now I can't play online because then I get enraged. (laughs) Mario Kart, it's like the least threatening thing in the world. Yeah, but in, like, high school and in college, I prided myself on how good I was. Like, my friends wouldn't play with me because I was that much better than them. Mm -hmm. But then when you go online, it's people that are actually good at it. (laughs) And all of a sudden, my ego is just gone. (laughs) I think that stuff's great. Uh, uh, Because I will say Mario Kart Wii, the first one, not the first one online, but the one, like, a lot of people played online. Mm -hmm. Uh. I am straight garbage at Mario Kart Wii. Yeah, I'm not good at the Wii. 
uh, Mario Kart DS. I guess that was the first online one. I think I thought I was pretty good on that. And it was it was fun, but the online servers are well and dead. Yeah, I think I've only played Mario Kart online like once, mm. and I was so horrified with how much better everyone was that I was just like, no, I'm gonna go back to pretending I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Smash Bros. Online gets me salty sometimes, but I've learned I've learned mostly to deal with it. Smash Bros. doesn't bother me, but that's because I'm well aware of how much I suck at it. <laughs> Smash Bros. didn't bother me until the most recent game, because mm-hmm. you're forced to watch your score, like, plummet if you just lose or do badly, like, a few games in a row. Yeah, that sucks. It's not great. I wish I, wish I could just hide that number. And that's basically what I do now, is I just uh, cut through the screen so fast that I don't have time to process it. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hate playing video games. That's why I'll never become a speedrunner. Yeah, I don't know what the fun of that is. I mean, I guess it's fun for somebody, but... Speedrunning is fascinating to watch. I would speedrun a game that I have, like, no personal investment to. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, Croc for the PlayStation. What is that? I don't really know. It's a game oh. where you play as a crocodile, and that's... The extent of my knowledge. That's why it's the perfect game for me. <laughs> but what if you play it and you start to really like it? Then I will become the best there is. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, there's a few um, there's a few YouTube videos about like history of certain speedrunning games, like big discoveries, big um, world records, and it's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> I, uh, I actually spent the last week rewatching Markiplier play The Evil Within two. Evil Within 2. I think someone told me to play The Evil Within. Let me see real quick. So the first one's kind of garbage, but I need the first one to play the second one. Oh, excuse me, Dying Light. Never mind. I don't know what that is. I don't know. They all sound like generic, scary PS4 games. Evil Within 2 isn't super scary, and it kind of, like, it, it it's kind of tropey, but it knows what it's doing. Like, it makes fun of itself throughout the game. I could get into that. Yeah, so the first one, the main character, um, it, it's more typical of what, what you would think of, oh, this guy is thrown into basically this world he doesn't know anything of, and he's got to figure it all out, and he's super traumatized throughout the whole thing and, and whatever. But the second one, it's him basically going back into all that and him being like, none of this is new to me anymore. I'm just trying to get through it. Like, mm-hmm. like he's like, this is all whatever. I don't care anymore. Just let me get done with this. I hate everybody. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> he became a broody edgelord. Yeah. Um, he's like, I'm just here for my daughter. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I haven't watched much of the gameplay from the first one, but just reading up on it before uh, the first time, and because it was one of those just to see what I was getting into, and it was just like... Uh, the first one is, is very typical, and there were a lot of growing pains, because it, it's a Bethesda game. So. Oh, so yeah. you have objects just clipping into each other left and right. <laughs> yeah, there's there's one uh, section of the game where he walks up onto, like, a platform and accidentally, like, falls through it somehow, but, like, like not actually falls through it. The game just glitched, where he had to, like, restart the scene, <laughs> because he oh, couldn't gross. get out anymore. Like, it just totally glitched out. He was basically just a big black empty face all of a sudden. <laughs> Ooh, Last of Us had a pretty bad visual glitch on me at the very end. Oops. <laughs> um, when you there's like cinematics for when you get killed, mm-hmm. and for the very last one where um, you're walking out of a certain place, uh, during that cinematic, the floor and background were just blue, 
blew. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was very jarring. There were, like, minor visual quips here and there, but that was the only one where I was just like, oh, that's bad. And yeah. it's almost unfortunate that it could happen at the very end of the game. I repeated it twice just to see, is this a recurring thing? And yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure if I restarted my game, it would be fine, but I was yeah. just... I was too interested. Yeah, that's funny, though. <laughs> I watched The Prince of Egypt over the weekend. Oh, really? Maybe last weekend, I don't remember. Yeah. Have you not seen it before? I had not seen it before, but I had heard a few songs from it. Cause it's the, got a solid our, soundtrack. It's so good. Um, our neighbor who would drive it. us to high school a, a few years ago. It's fan- The soundtrack's fantastic. I think mm-hmm. it would always play like Deliver Us or uh, Playing With The Big Boys. <laughs> yeah, that was a soundtrack like I got as a kid. That is a surprisingly dark, like, I mean, yeah, it's Old Testament, but it, uh, I was shocked at some of the things they actually showed on screen yeah. for a DreamWorks animated film. <laughs> it's a would good I one, though. It, yeah, would I put it above Road to El Dorado? Maybe. Those are easily, like, the top two DreamWorks 2D but, animated films. But they're good for very different reasons. Absolutely. And I think I like the brother drama of of um Prince of Egypt more than the buddy comedy of Road to El Dorado. I I think I'm partial to El Dorado. I think I just like I think I like movies that make me feel bad, especially animated movies. <laughs> like Grave of the Fireflies is the best movie I'm never going to watch again. <laughs> I still need to watch that one. Oh. Yeah, I just need to mentally prepare. Is it the most depressing animated movie I've watched? Yes, without a question. Ooh, it's the most depressing <laughs> animated movie I've ever watched. Pancreas? Pancreas has heartfelt oh. moments. Yeah. And there's there's some happy bits, and I think it ends with the main character growing, despite the sad things that happen in that movie. Yeah, but that uh, it, for that the still viewers, me the out. movie is called "I Want to Eat Your Pancreas." That is the real title. Don't don't ask to explain. Just watch it. It's a fantastic movie. It's real good. It's, um, it's no, great. Fireflies. Favorites. It just starts off depressing and only gets like worse and worse until you just a wreck by the end. And I love it for that. I don't know that I've actually seen like a, a legitimate depressing cartoon or animated anything. Like I don't know the first seven minutes of Up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I can agree that that is a very, um, it's like a heartfelt seven minutes, but it's also just sad by the end. Yeah. I don't think Disney's ever made me cry the first seven minutes of a movie like that before. Maybe Toy Story 3. Toy Story 4. I'd refuse to watch it. Yeah, psych, I didn't, uh, cry at the beginning of Toy Story 4. I just wanted to see your reaction, because I know you don't acknowledge it. Yep, it does uh, not I exist. I still thought it was decent. Uh, I think there's just one big problem I have with it, and I'm not going to talk about it on here. Yeah, It's not bad, it's just you haven't seen it, and I'm sure you don't care. Part of me is curious, but I'm so stubborn that it is kind of why I refuse to watch it now. <laughs> this is where I'm I at. <laughs> I've seen plenty of worse Pixar movies, which is unfortunate because they were like the kings up until probably like 2010. And then after a while, they were just putting off like mediocre movie after mediocre movie once they started on all the the sequels to like cars is kind of where everything died for me yeah so i understand why they have to keep making cars because that basically gives them money to do anything in terms of merchandising 
Yeah, uh, but nothing Brave great came out. Was was that after Brave? Cars? Brave. Yeah, was that after? I think cars? it was after Cars too. Brave was good. I really liked Brave. I found Brave very forgettable. I could tell you like two scenes out of the entire movie. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I definitely know more than that. Yeah, Brave came out in 2012. Yeah, I wish what is I liked Bernie. It. Bernie. Bernie. What is Bernie? Bernie. Is that a Wally like sequel? Is that a short film? Oh no. Short computer animated adventure featuring exploits of a character in the film Wally. Welding robot Bernie gets caught in an elaborate or caught up in elaborate difficulties caused by Wally's oh, pursuit of It's just a little short. Oh, it's only eight minutes long, but still. Yeah, it came out in 2000. Okay, that's a, that makes sense why I wouldn't have seen it. I thought this was like a full-blown movie. Yeah, I, that's why I was really confused. I was very worried for a second. Never forget, um, they made yeah. a little short thing called Toy Story That Time Forgot, which I, love I hate the title. Yeah, but it's a um, cute little short. Uh, never forget that Studio Trigger animated a fake intro to a non-existent Battle Swords anime to tie in with that short movie. <laughs> I was forget about that's, that. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's honestly the only reason why I know that movie exists. Or that little short, short whatever it is. I wish I liked Inside Out more than I do, but That was fine. the personalities, right? Yes. Yeah. Was it, eh. It's, yeah. Um, I, did I never not saw watch the a good, good dinosaur. dinosaur. <laughs> I was going to say, no one did. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't see uh, Finding Dory. I wish... I need to watch Monsters University. That's one I'm at least interested in. Monsters University was cute. I think Monsters, Inc. was way better. I mean... Finding Dory was cute. Again, Finding Nemo was way better, but Finding Nemo is, like, the epitome of, like, eighth grade for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend and I basically just quoted that movie to each other the whole year. Yeah, I think... Honestly, I think, like, Monsters, Inc. is at least top three Pixar for me. So today, we're going to go back to the big three. We're going to talk about the first of the big three, which is SM Entertainment. SM what does SM w- stand for? I would assume it would stand for Suman. Or Man? Suman? Uh, is that the S- founder? Yes. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, SM Entertainment was started by Lee Suman in 1989. Jeez, prehistoric. Yeah. Yeah, so Suman uh, graduated from California State University in 1989, and then he uh, established SM Studio. And uh, in 1995 is when it got changed to SM Entertainment, and we got uh, Jung Hae Ik as the CEO. Are you telling me K-pop originated in California? (laughs) I mean, he started the company in Korea. He just went to college in California. That's close enough. If you say so. <laughs> so then, uh, we got a different CEO in 1998 for some reason. Um, okay. Yeah. And so, but when the company changed the name from SM Studio to SM Entertainment, uh, it was also when SM started an, an in-house production system, which I guess means they, they started producing their own music and stuff like that. I don't really know what they did as SM Studio. They just existed um, for like... Five years, six years. I I guess. It's um, probably a lot more like distribution of other people's music, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, that's there really wasn't anything about it on in any of the information I looked into. <laughs> Mysterious. Uh, 
archaeologists out there, please uncover the Dark Ages of SM Entertainment. There's probably um, at least like 20 scandals in there. Y'all know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, so in 96 is when we got our first uh, boy group out of um, SM. So this is a... sync. So this is a first generation K-pop now, so... This is old school, right? And the the group was H O T. Hot. Yes. And, and they disbanded in two thousand and one. So they were active uh, so for about five years. Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was Korean music like before K-pop? What was there? What was popular music from Korea? It was probably trot. Okay, whatever that is, <laughs> I'll take your word on it. So, outside of like the teenagers and and I guess younger twenty somethings. K-pop's not the popular music either. Kind of like, from my understanding, yeah, like from my understanding, it's more on like the bottom tier. So I don't, I don't know. I still like K-pop. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't listen to music that much. God, I don't know when I don't have music playing unless I'm doing something like this or watching TV. But if I'm just in my apartment, music is always going. But if I'm in my room. There's probably one of three things happening. Sometimes multiple. <laughs> I am watching something. Mm-hmm. I am playing something, or I am on my phone. If I'm on my phone doing nothing, then I have music playing. But a lot of times, I'm like cleaning, or if I'm cooking, or just existing, music is playing. Uh, so SM. So existed. we. Yeah, we debuted uh, HOT in 1996. Yes. And then we also debuted girl group SES in '97. SES. Yes. Okay. And they disbanded in 2002. So, okay, so another solid five years. Yeah. Then in 1998, Xinhua debuted, which was a, a boy group. Okay. And sometime in the early 2000s, they left and went to a different agency. I mean, it sounds like um, these groups just sort of came and went. Yeah, the early ones did. Then in 2000, uh, Boa, she's a female soloist, uh, debuted in... From SM. She did a One Piece song, didn't she? Yes. Okay. So she is very much still active. I'm pretty sure she's still under See, SM. See, look, I retained a few things. Yeah, because it's anime. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's specifically One Piece. Yeah. <laughs> I'm caught up on One Piece and Attack on Titan, and the monthly slash two-week wait kills me. Oh, that's rough. And One Piece is normally weekly, but... Uh, COVID in Japan working culture apparently it's more difficult so it's two weeks Oof. I don't know the full details but I'll live so I, I did skip a few other um, groups that came and went in, in the first gen and all that um, I just mm-hmm. HOT was the first one and CS was the second one and HOT is one I still hear about I don't, I'm pretty sure they're not Why? active just because they're popular first gen. Group. Okay. So it's you just hear them in passing. It's not like oh we're going to HOT concert or something like that. You know, Shinwa uh, I'm pretty sure still active. So I hear about them too. But of course they're not with SM anymore. And then in December of 2000, SM created their first affiliated company uh, called Fandango Korea. Fandango. So I are can't... they responsible for Fandango? I don't know. I'm gonna say no. 
but I can't find anything on Fandango Korea besides the Korean website for Fandango. <laughs> I forgot, is Fandango movie tickets or concert tickets or both? And movie tickets. Okay. That's right, because that's how I'd use it to reserve some of the um the anime trash that we watch. Yeah. By trash, I mean most of it was good. Hey, Alex. Yeah. What was the worst anime movie we watched that wasn't Millennium Actress? Oh, I was going to say Millennium Actress. <laughs> that's uh, an easy one. I don't know. I liked all the other ones, didn't I? I think so. Yeah. Um, so Fandango is a online business agency in mobile online content sub- business. And but an when online... were they formed? 2000. Oh. No, no, like Fandango, the the Korea. Oh, what about normal Fandango? They were created in L.A. Oh, they were founded in 2000. Checkmate. Fandango is founded in April 2000. Still a different Fandango, though. Just ironically. To... <laughs> I would say there's no way that's coincidence, but there are two separate Dennis the Menace comics that basically debuted at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, anything's possible, I guess. I mean, Calculus was invented by two different people at the exact same time in completely different countries. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Imagine not just one person, but two people being so bored out of their mind they invented Calculus twice. (laughs) So what happened, though, I forget who it was, but they both uh, basically came to the same conclusions at the same time, just completely different areas. Incredible. Yep. Isaac um, Newton and some other jerk who doesn't get enough credit, clearly. Yeah. So that's something that my uh, my calculus teacher in high school used to talk about a lot. <laughs> so, and then in 2001, SM branched out and founded SM Entertainment Japan. Okay. So, so now we're international. Now we're J-pop. Yep. And then in 2003, so I guess nothing important happened in 2002, but in 2003... Rip to our viewers who were born in 2002. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how old would that make them? That would make them 18. 18. Ooh. Ooh. Gross. (laughs) We're so mean. (laughs) (laughs) So, but in 2003, SM became affiliated with Starlight Corporation and C-Cube Entertainment, which are two more entertainment companies. Okay. And then they debuted TVXQ. TVXQ. Which um, we I still haven't told you what it stands for, but we mentioned say, it a few times. You mentioned them. Did they do an anime song too? Yes, they did. They were the one I think that did like three of them. Oh, wait, they did. Did they do the One Piece openings? Uh, yes, because Google Auto completed it. Oh. Yeah, they did the We Are and Share the World. All right, they're yeah. good. Ten. Yeah. And Boa, ten. Boa did the, the Inuyasha song. Is what she did. I think she's done oh. more than that, but that's the one we went over. Okay. Yeah. I forgot who did the One Piece song then. The One Piece ending song. It was TVXQ. No, they did openings. They did two openings and an ending. Oh, wait, they did do the ending? What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Ashua Kuakara. Uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Wait, uh, it is TVXQ. I, I, I have think my this might note. be... Yeah, this was an ending for eight episodes. I think this might actually be the last One Piece ending. Oh, wow. Before they just um started doing openings. Mm-hmm. Long openings to have all the credits. That I would skip. 
Um, so yeah, TVXQ... Yeah, it's a less real ending. Yeah. TVXQ is still active. Um, they're just a duo now. Oh, that's tragic. Um, yeah, they were five members. I think we um, mentioned that before, actually. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit um, when we get a little further Uh-oh. in. Oh. <laughs> so, and then in 2005 is when Super Junior debuted. We've talked about them a decent amount, too, because they had some funny songs in our English lyrics episode. I remember they exist. Yep. They had the iconic lyrics of just close your lips, shut your tongue, and go <laughs> and go kick it in the butt. Incredible. And sexy free single, I'm ready to bingo. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they debuted and like, then there's we... an obvious rhyme <laughs> that they clearly just didn't go for. Yep. <laughs> and that's what makes it Truly a work of art. Mm-hmm. We got our third CEO. His, their name was Kim Youngmin. Uh, so is SM even like part of SM? By yeah, this but, point? yeah, yeah. He's still part of the company now. He just um, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Um, he's in the board of directors as of 2005 with Super Junior. Okay. Yeah. So he's still really important and has the most shares in the company, but he's just not. But CEO. he's not the CEO. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, YG wasn't CEO of his own company either. He let his brother be CEO, and he just did all the music stuff. So, But this new CEO, they wanted to focus on promoting outside of um, South Korea, so they focused on like China and Japan too, and so that's where they st- produced their like first Chinese-born idol and a Japanese uh, idol. Mm-hmm. And then under the CEO, we also got a bunch of debuts. So we got FX, which was the girl group, four-member girl group. All right. We've I've talked watched about... um, movies on the FX channel before. Yeah, yeah. This is the one that looks like the, the calculus function. Yes. And then we got Girls' Generation, which is like iconic K-pop, I would say. Like they're they're just one of those like I don't I don't know. They were super important to, to K-pop. Okay. And so FX was two thousand six, Girls' Generation was two thousand seven, Shiny was two thousand and eight, and then the Super Junior M. Super so Junior was... M. Yeah, so that was for Mandarin, so that was their Chinese uh, unit. Okay. Um, they also debuted in 2008. So they just sort of exploded. This is second gen by this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say FX would be the first to the second gen, at least for this company. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the exact timeline of when, uh, like, officially, like, we switched from first to second gen, but at least here, FX of 2006 is second gen. So, and then also in 2008, um, SM opens up... SM Art Company as a subsidiary, which okay. is a theatrical um, company, and they their first production was of Xanadu, which is uh, an American musical comedy. It's not the dude who um, took care of Star Lord. I have no idea. <laughs> Looking this up, Star Lord Dad. Oh, sorry, his adoptive dad. Is that the name? Oh, sorry, I looked Star Lord Dad, and then it gave me the name of his actual um. His actual dad from the second movie. Yondu, excuse me. Yondu, okay. I was like... Xanadu. I've heard of it, but I don't know. Oh, this is a movie? A musical that I have never seen before. It's from 1980 with Olivia Newton-John in it. Yeah, I don't know this. I shouldn't know this. I don't know why the name... The name just sounds familiar, I guess. Yeah, it's got Gene Kelly in it, too, well. It's just, I think it's just a really popular movie that people talk about from the 80s. Mm-hmm. 
So, but they made it in Korea, and it starred from Super Junior, Heechul and Kangen. So those two members, Super Junior, I guess, went into acting. <laughs> yeah. Those are both names. Is it that a will... musical? That would make more sense. It's a musical comedy. So yeah. Okay. That was in May, and then in October, it was announced that Boa would debut in the U.S. under another subsidiary named S Entertainment USA. Okay, that's not creative. Yeah, I mean, we started with SM Entertainment, then went SM Entertainment Japan, and now we have SM Entertainment USA. Yeah, but we also got S. No, way, it was um. SM Art Company. It was was it Super Junior M? Super Junior M, yeah. Yeah, never mind. I, thought I mean, it was this is also M, and then as I was starting to say, I was like, no wait, that's no. wrong. This is also the company that gave us Super M, so. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. They gave um, us Superman. That's the least <laughs> creative thing they could have done. So, Boa debuted in the U.S. I I don't think her debut was very successful here, but I don't know for certain. And then in July of 2009, we have our first scandal. So, it took them 20 years to get a scandal? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, they probably had some minor things here and there between there, but this is the first like big one. Mm -hmm. um, three of the five members of TVXQ... Kim Jae-jung, Park Yoo-chun, and Kim Jun-soo filed a thing with um, Seoul Central District Courts to investigate the validity of their contracts. The contracts mm. were for 13 years, and the earnings weren't being fairly distributed between all the members. Okay. Isn't the rule like seven years? Yeah, so I, I didn't see it in the research for this, but I'm well, pretty sure... Well, I tore this group apart. Because <laughs> I think that last opening they did was... Uh, two. 2008 or 2009 let me check real quick because this was actively when i was watching one piece and that could that honestly could be from any of those times <laughs> april 2009 oh yeah so it would have been just months before this lawsuit tragic yeah so with this lawsuit sm stock dropped 10 percent, just right oh, off that jeez yeah and then 120,000 fans filed a petition against SM's long-term contracts and filed for compensation for a concert that was canceled a week before it was supposed to happen. <laughs> and they didn't give, like, refunds for the concert, or why? They might not have given them fast enough, and so fans were like... Yeah, because I'm sure, like, a lot of people who get hotel rooms, like, you can't cancel that late in. Yeah. So, that happened. 120,000 fans. Can you imagine? <laughs> right? This like, is TVXQ also, like... is huge, so... This is a uh, this is 2009 or this isn't like 2020 where you can just get 220,000 like Twitter randos to sign whatever the hell, hell you want. Yeah, like no, this is like true fans. I don't know who else would have signed this. Mm -hmm. um, so of course the court ruled in favor of the members, and then SM filed an injunction saying that it was all garbage basically. But uh, by February of 2011, the the court dismissed the injunction, but they left the decision on everything to be postponed indefinitely for some reason. But somewhere in between there, in May 2010, the three members jumped to a different label called CJES okay. Entertainment under the name JYJ, which comes from their initials. Cause That's it's, not shocking. Yeah, because it's uh, Jaejun, Yuchun, and Junsu. Um, Incredible. Real creative. This is just a, this is a whole episode of just people being real creative with their names. Yep, and so they were together from 2010 to 2015. I think Jae Jung and Jun Soo 
probably yeah are uh, um technically still together. They haven't put any music out as far as I know. So they're um, just JJ. So they went to their own to a different company, and then I don't know how that works because they didn't actually terminate their contract with SM until 2012. So they uh, they they joined the new label and they put up music in 2010, but they were still. I bet SM had some control over over it. Mm-hmm. The only way I can think is they made some super. But in 2012, SM and JYJ came to a mutual agreement to terminate the contract between the two, and to not interfere with each other's activities. <laughs> That's so like aggressively specific. Mm-hmm. And then, in December of 2009, to back a little bit, okay. uh, five months after JYJ filed their lawsuit, Han Gang also filed a lawsuit against SM for similar reasons. He was a, a member of Super Junior. He was the only Chinese member of Super Junior. Mm-hmm. And then he left Super Junior and SM in September of 2011. Okay. Um, with with these lawsuits, um, I'm pretty sure is where the rule came that uh, K-pop contracts can't be longer than seven years. And I think part of that comes down to a lot of like these these idols are signing when they're still kids. Yeah, I feel and, like anything longer, it's all it's just like. It's seven years is already binding. a long time. Yeah, especially you know if they're like debuting at like fifteen, mm-hmm. like what fifteen year old understands contract? And then you know like a lot of times parents don't understand all the legal garbage in a contract either. So if you don't read every single line on the terms of service when you sign on to a website, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? I will say I had a for KCon, I had to sign a um a, like a release form for mm-hmm. um. For if I got into like the the calls or any of the other fan stuff that I signed up for, then they can use your stuff in like promo materials and stuff. All kinds of stuff. Like I read that that form yeah, I mean, very thoroughly. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's a, a more unusual, like specific case. Yeah, like normally, like whatever you have my information, I know I don't care. <laughs> like there's I nothing. My brother won um, a little Twitter competition to get some free stuff from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And he was afraid because he read like the terms of service like real carefully, mm-hmm. and there's like we can use your avatar and stuff and like in our promotional videos. And of course, he just tw- generic like anime Twitter avatar is like, this isn't actually me. This isn't my likeness. Uh, is this gonna be a problem? It's like the Nintendo rep was just like, it's Twitter. We know like no one has a real face on here. <laughs> At least Nintendo's smart, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just thought it was funny that, like, they clarified, like, yeah, we're not going to use this weeb anime profile <laughs> picture. I mean, they probably, if it's a copyrighted character. I mean, I'm... it was, so. Yeah, so, that's really I mean, funny. Uh, that's, so, that's Twitter, though, like, that's that's just an inherent thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. It's just funny. So, in February of 2010, Lee Su-men... Uh, resigns from the board of directors to, and I quote, focus more energy on SM's overseas businesses, new business management, and artist development. That doesn't sound like he stepped down. That sounds like he's more active than ever. It's it's to put more focus on actually being able to do what he wants inside the business without having to do the garbage that the board of directors do. Mm-hmm. So, probably give him a lot more creative freedom and stuff like that. I know, like, he... he has a special love for Taemin from Shiny and from yes. Super M. 
Taman was the first member picked for Super M. He knew about it about a year before it launched. And, and I think he and, and, and Sumen are pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like behind the scenes footage of Super M and, and Lee Suman in like LA together, and <laughs> Lee Suman's just having a blast hanging out with the kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of cute. And at one point, he doesn't even realize that the cameras are rolling, and he's like sitting there with like an ice cream cone. And, he, and once he realizes the cameras are going, he like pieces out and just like nopes out of the screen. <laughs> oh, tragic! <laughs> it was funny. It was kind of cute. So he stepped down from that role in 2000 or in February, and then in March. A company called KMP Holdings was established in SM, JYP, YG, Star Empire Entertainment, Media Line, CAN Entertainment, and Music Factory. So it's just Giganto Alliance. Basically, and it was um to streamline producing music. So SM's first release under this new um, thing was Super Junior's fifth studio album, and this was the the end of where SM was self-distributing. So this was probably, I, I think, uh, KMP Holdings was more to distribute all the music and stuff. So kind mm-hmm. of like a, a third party, but they still had their hands in it. A third party um, that works with everyone. Yeah, that everyone had stake in. So it wasn't like some random third party that could just increase prices and whatever. It's They still had a say in everything. Yeah. And then uh, SM must have been doing really good because... By the end of the first quarter, uh, SM's profits rose 471% from the previous year's first quarter. Damn. That's a lot. <laughs> and then in April of 2011, SM, JYP, YG, Key East, AM, Ian, or AM Entertainment, and Star J Entertainment. Key East? Is it the opposite of Kanye West? <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm done here. Yeah, they uh, all of them there to form United Asia Management, which is a joint investment agency geared toward advancing Asian music globally. Boy, they already just made their alliance. Why is so they making another one? So KMP was, I think, for distribution. This is dumb. This is a worst plot twist. <laughs> and it's not even the same companies though. So it's the big three, and that's the only overlap. What's next? What happens when the Avengers come and show up and destroy them? Well, I mean, then they got to rebuild the whole city because the Avengers only destroy cities. Yep. <laughs> and... They destroy at least cities. <laughs> so that was in April of 2011. In August 2011, SM and the Thai media company called True Visions created SM True. Whoa. <laughs> So that was another joint adventure. I don't know what they did, but they joined. Created another very creative name. <laughs> and then in 2012, EXO debuted. Okay. That was when we got our, our, our two units, the one in South Korea and the one in China. So they debuted in two countries at the same time. So L and XO. No. I don't remember. No, XOL is like the fan base, isn't it? Yes. XO. I forgot the other names. Yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> XOM was... <laughs> that makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't remember. Well, I'm too lazy to look it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then, February 2012, SM launches another company. <laughs> okay. Describe it first and I can guess the name. So they, they, they launched it after they acquired Happy Hawaii, which was a travel company. 
out of Hawaii. SM Hawaii. No. SM happy. No. SM travel. Close enough. It's SM town travel. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Let's move okay. on. Again, this is the company that gave us Super M. We're not done with the fun names either, just so you're clear. Um, End there's... my life right now. <laughs> um, in March of the same year, 47 of SM Entertainment's recording artists became stockholders in the company. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> that means they all own part of the company. So, um, like, Boa and most of the members of Super Junior and Girls' Generations each got 680 shares each, which was at the time approximately $27,200 worth of stock per person. Ooh. Yeah. Um, more younger members, um, like Shiny and FX, got 340 shares each, which was about 13600 per person. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool that they got stock in their company, you know. I thought so, at least. Yeah, no, that's... I'm glad that... Uh... They got some reward. Mm-hmm. And then in August, SM did a new broadcasting subsidiary. Um, SM Broadcast. SM Stream. <laughs> no. SM this TV. One is, no. This one's a little different. Um, this one is SM Culture and Contents. Okay. I'll take it. It's yeah, the best so, one they've had yet. Yeah. So we're going to just call it SMCNC for now. Okay. Um, and with that, they signed two TV personalities... And so this was the start of them branching into television. And it, so that was in August. In September, this subsidiary merged with another subsidiary or another company called Entertainment to sign on more TV personalities. Called what entertainment? <laughs> AM. SM AM. Yep. So, oh, but it, it kept the name SM CNC when it, when it merged with AM. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I thought you were saying, like, they just started going by SM AM, and I was like, no. No. No, no, no. It's too They easy. merged with AM. <laughs> Unrelated, but kind of important, in November, that KMP Holdings, that was that distribution thing, yes. was acquired by another company called KT Music. So that happened in November 2012. Okay. And then in 2013, our friends CMC and C acquired Hoon Media and Woolum Entertainment. So they're just growing. Yeah, like it's just just constantly acquiring companies. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. And Woolum is another idol company. So they're a subsidiary of of this SMCNC, but they stay. They they are still under the name Woolum. Okay, so, um, so they still retain some independence. Mm-hmm. At least on the surface. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they're still under SMCNC. In 2016, they, uh, SMC&C separated their video content business and their music content business. And um, that's where they established, like, Woolum Entertainment again. So I guess for a while it was uh, it was just all under SMC&C. Woolum kind of branched off to, to um, go back to just music. Mm-hmm. And with that, uh, before SM bought or acquired the company... Woolum was actually home to Epic High for a while, from 2003 to 2010. So this is pre YG days for Epic High. Okay, I was about to ask where they go to, but I think we mentioned it last time. Yeah, they Epic High's hopped around a lot to labels. They were independent for a while. They have a label again now, but they still have most of their freedom, I would say. Mm-hmm. And current artists at Woolum are—I don't think we've mentioned any of these, but it's Golden Child. Infinite, Lovelies, and Rocket Punch are the four big names I would say right now. 
Um, Infinite is really big. They've been around for a long time. I think they're second gen. Yeah. Um, Golden Child I'll take is your word for it. Golden Child is new. They debuted either late last year or early this year. I'm not sure which. They're really good though. I'm actually really impressed with them. At some point, I have an album coming in the mail from them. I just don't know when it's coming because Eventually. it's coming. It's coming from Korea. Shipping's a little difficult right now, so mm-hmm. we'll see. You don't say about the shipping. Yeah, right. It's, it's almost as if we talked about this. <laughs> I will say uh, shipping from Korea is maybe 40 minutes ago. Japan. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, and then May 2014 is when Chris files the lawsuit to terminate his contract, and he was the first member from EXO to do so. As I say, who's Chris? Yeah, so that's where that happened. And mm. then August 2014 is when Red Velvet debuted. That is the first girl group to debut from SM since FX. So we've had a Jeez. lot of... Yeah, uh, FX, I think, was five years before? Oh, 2006 to 2014. Eight years. Yeah, that was a long time. Uh, we had gotten a lot of boy groups in between them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we have another scandal from September of 2014 where Girls' Generation member Jessica Jung went on social media and claimed that she was being forced out of the group. The was she? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> she claimed that in August... Uh, her members in SM both had had a positive response to her wanting to launch her own fashion, fashion business called Blanc and Eclair. Mm-hmm. And then she said in September, all of a sudden they changed her mind and told her and gave her the ultimatum that she either had to quit the group or close the business. Okay. And then SM went, no, you told us in the spring that after one more album you were going to leave the group. And then apparently she just set up her own business before making any kind of like plan with SM. And the business started to interfere with the group's schedule. Which... So she tried to, like, out herself out of the group, or what? That's right. I, I don't know. But SM said that from that point on, Girls' Generation would only be eight. So they were a nine-member group, and so they didn't let her in. But they said that she could stay as a soloist at SM. Mm-hmm. And so that was in 2014, in September, by... I guess to 2015, they uh, agreed to terminate the contract, and she was no longer with them. Did she actually produce anything? Or no, that I don't know. I I would assume no. To be honest, mm-hmm. I would assume she got put in the dungeon. I don't see anything. Yeah, nope. She didn't do anything. She was in the dungeon. Tragic. Yeah. And in October of 2014, so backtrack real quick. We had Chris left in May. And then we had, in September, Jessica leave, or get kicked out of her group. And then mm. in October, Luhan filed a lawsuit. He was the next member from EXO to leave. Yes. And then August of the next year is when Tal filed his lawsuit to leave. Oh, sorry, so that's all three who left, right? Yep. So they were pretty back-to-back, but Jessica kind of snuck in the middle of all that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also in August of 2015, SM and... The, a sports marketing company, IB Worldwide, Worldwide, created Galaxia SM. That's pretty cool. All right, and they that finally was, did a they finally did a good one. Yeah, I like it. Uh, that was to manage uh, athletes, so that was an ath- athletic um, management company. So they have like figure skaters. They have um, a, a U.S. baseball player under them. Uh, a golfer was mentioned. Um, Koreans apparently really like golf, from my understanding. So I think huh. that that fits a little more with why why um, YG has like their big golf thing. Mm-hmm. And then in November, we had another label that was created as a subsidiary of SM. 
And this one was called labeled or label SJ. Super Junior. Yes. <laughs> oh no, you're not serious. <laughs> I am. Super Junior basically got their own label to go be able to do whatever they want. So they had the creative freedom. So Super Junior is now under label SJ. That is uh sorry you guys, this is the last episode. <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> We're not done. <laughs> we're we're not done with the ridiculous names. Um, and that was part of Super Junior's tenth anniversary of their debut. Is when they got their um to have their own label. Mm-hmm. Gave them a lot more independence to kind of do whatever they want. And then also sometime in 2015, SM and a modeling company called Esteem partnered to promote self-owned content, and that also expanded into acting. So okay, SM's just doing everything. <laughs> yeah, where does it all go wrong? I, it honestly really if, hasn't gone say, wrong. I feel them. like I haven't heard like any drama about SM, so I guess it hasn't gone wrong. So there no drama... YG nonsense. Yeah, their drama is definitely more <clears throat> artist specific because I mean that's where we've talked about NCT's Not drama. Crime. Did NCT have drama? NCT's, NCT's had some. We talked about NCT, but I think we talked more about just the massiveness. But NCT's big drama, I would say, would be Taeyong. Since he was a trainee, was kind of targeted for like one scandal after another, even though most of it was not true. Yeah. Um, he was finally, finally cleared of the bullying nonsense like a couple weeks ago after years of dealing with it. But yeah, there's a, their scandals are very group specific. And then, of course, you know, EXO having members leave, Super Junior having members leave because they're ridiculous, you know, 13 year long contracts mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So none of theirs no, is like. Did Super Junior have people leave? I thought that was TVXQ. Oh, I guess we haven't gotten there yet. Oh, uh, <laughs> spoiler! <laughs> TVXQ had members leave. Uh, I promise, yeah, I'm trying so... to pay attention. Yeah, no, it's a good catch. <laughs> uh, my bad. Oops. So it, but yeah, it's been it's been very like group specific. It's not been like YG who's just like maybe we're money laundering, maybe we're not. You know. <laughs> maybe we got prostitutes. Maybe they're maybe right not. over here. Yeah, you know, it's like if I'm... you want some. We'll, we'll find out when the courts decide what happened. Um, mm-hmm. And then in January of 2016, Lee Su-min held a conference announcing plans for their new boy group, NCT, with unlimited members. <laughs> unlimited members. Yeah, there's been a lot of rumors growing, going around that we're going to finally get another subunit and more members. The Olive Garden special. <laughs> So at one point they're supposed to be like an NCT, NCT Japan B. subunit or NCTB. NCT what is that? Belgium? NCT breadsticks for days. Oh. <laughs> it's NCT UB, it's unlimited breadsticks. Oh, you're right. <laughs> How could not, I have been so foolish? Not to be confused with NCT U. I still or don't know what the NCT U stands B. for. <laughs> it's NCT boy. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and so so that was in January, and then you debuted in April, 127 debuted in July, Dream debuted oh, in you August. you debuted in April. You're right, I did. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, what the name of my K-pop group is called? What? NCIS. Wow. What's it stand for? I don't know what the actual NCIS stands for. <laughs> I was hoping you would make it something completely not NCIS. All right, SVU. Okay, what's SVU stand for? Special Victims Unit Law and Order. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was going to say SVU actually in K-pop. It stands for some very, and I couldn't think of a U word. I kept coming up with ostrich. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, right? I was like, ostrich. Octopus. I'm like, none of these are you words. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> That's where I got stuck. I was like, I don't, I can't tell this joke now because it just, I'm not good with words apparently. We've of course already so talked about. So welcome back to our podcast about words. <laughs> so Wavy, they, they're actually under, so they're part of NCT, but they're actually yes. in, a, in their own subsidiary label. Want to take a guess what it's called? Wavy. No. It's, it's similar in line with the uh, label SJ. WV. Not just V. It's label V. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they do this? Uh, 2016, SM also opens up a restaurant, SMT Seoul. Seoul, like the city, or Seoul, yes. like... No, okay. like the city. But yeah, SMT. Um, they also opened up a series Wait, of groceries. why SMT? I don't know. Shouldn't Megami Tensei, the video game series... Yeah, I don't know what the T stands for. I don't see anything that explains it. Oh, I know what the T stands for. Huh. Tapas. Tacos? Tapas. T-A-P-A-S. Yeah. What's that? You don't know what that is? It's it's um, it's um, like the Spanish word for appetizer. No, I did not know that. That's interesting. Oh. Yeah, uh, like uh, a trendy a couple of years ago to just go out for tapas. So just go mm-hmm. out and eat a bunch of like appetizers instead of um, like a normal meal. There's some places you can go do that at still. Huh. Um, they also opened up a grocery store chain called SUM Market. Some market. Yeah, they had to make sure that SM was in there somewhere. It's in there twice, depending appetizers. on how you look at it. I miss, I miss calamari. <laughs> we haven't had takeout in a while, too, because like all the takeout we get is pretty disappointing. Oh. There's one place that had really that I had takeout from. But yeah, been getting really random food, just whatever's free delivery from Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in May of 2016, SM releases their first song under their new EDM label. Do you want to take a guess? SM releases a song? No, what the name of the label is. Um, SM EDM. No, it's Scream Record, but the S and the M are both capitalized. So the, okay. the yeah, so S and M are it's weird. <laughs> and then under Scream Record, they actually opened up SM Station. Is that a sub um, sub, sub label? So SM Station was a project, and it was they released a digital single from like an artist or an idol, like a solo idol or, or whatever, every Friday mm-hmm. for fifty-seven songs. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's some pretty solid songs that came out of that. Late into 2016, SM uh, organized a League of Legends tournament. Okay. <laughs> called SM Super Celeb League. Super? Why? Can't believe it's not just SM LOL. <laughs> right? It's probably some sort of weird, like, trademarking issue. And in this was Super Junior's Heechul, who was from the um, Xanadu thing. That's where yes. he came in earlier. He and Exos Baekhyun played against pro gamers and fans in South Korea and China. Did they win? I have no idea. <laughs> I can't imagine, but you never know. Yep. And then March 2017, SM acquires Mystic Entertainment. 
no name change there. They basically ate the company, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then February 2019, we get SM Entertainment in uh, their new office is in Jakarta in Indonesia. Okay. So, yep. I don't know that we got a fun name out of that one. It just says SM opened up their Indonesian office. And then sometime around then, Capital Record or Capital Music Group, which is a U.S. label, signed yes. NCT 127. So you see that every once in a while where um, uh, an idol group will sign with a U.S. label, and that's to make it easier to promote within the U.S. So tour mm-hmm. and stuff like that are just easier to do. They don't have to go through like a, a, a different third party. It's just another label. And then in t- August of the same year, SM and Capital Music Group announced Super M. Okay. And then and that's basically present, right? Yeah. It's uh, in March of this year. We got a new CEO again. And then in April, SM and Neighbor joined together to create Beyond Live, which is their online concert series they did because of COVID. So that's Super M, um, mm-hmm. NCT, Super Junior. I don't remember who all um, But there was a lot of them. Wavy. So they all did that. And I apparently left out Super Junior scandals. Yeah, what I mean, happened to them? Yeah. Uh, so Super Junior has lost to three members. Where'd they go? One of they them lose them at the supermarket, just like I lost my son. Oh my gosh! So one of them left because he got married, and that was such a scandal that he had to leave the group. <laughs> no son of mine's getting married. Yeah. So the first one that left was that Han Gang. So he was the the, the Chinese member in two thousand and nine. Mm. So he left because of his lawsuit, because his contract. Maybe I. There's somebody who uh, tried to leave the company. Their contract was for 17 years. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, like, insane. And then, was it Keepum that left because he got married? Somebody left because he got married. I'm not sure which one it was. And then Kangen left last year. I'm surprised it took him that long to leave because he has two DUIs. Okay. So he had Quality. some... He had some sort of conflict in 2007. He had an assault case in 2009 where he was arrested. Also in 2009, he had a DUI hit and run. And then in 2016, he had a second DUI hit and run. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, and he still didn't leave until last year. On the flip side of this, AB6 rookie group, their leader, like, a couple weeks ago, I guess it's been a little over a month now, it was into May, got a DUI, and I think within, like, two or three days left his group. Yeah, right? Like, so, this dude just straight up had immunity. Yeah, it's one of those, I'm like, leaving because you got married, I think, is really dumb. Like, that's mm-hmm. just K-pop fans. Leaving because you committed multiple crimes that put other people at risk. Nope, yeah. not for that guy. Right? That's what I don't understand. There are ten members left. Super Junior. Super Junior. Uh, okay, so there's nine active members. The tenth member is the one that got married. I guess he hasn't officially left the group. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't been active in a while. He hasn't been active since sometime in 2017. In, I mean, he got married in 2014, but he had a lot of backlash from that too because that's that whole, but we're going to date you nonsense that fans have. Mm-hmm. Once I said I'm going to combine with company Breaking Dawn to form the ultimate acronym. Oh. <laughs> terrible (laughs) look with their level of creativity I think it's only fair that they give everyone what we've been wanting Uh, 
I'm gonna not comment. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's SM. There were a few other scandals that I kind of skipped over. Um, to mention one of them, just in passing, real quick. Let me get to it. You know what Super M stands for, right? What? Super Mario. We're, we've all been foolish. Oh. It's um, been right in front of our faces the whole time. So Mnet is a um, is um like a, a, a studio, I, I, like an entertainment company. But they're not like an entertainment company that like produces like idols. They're like on the TP side of they put everything on television, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, they every year they have the Mnet Asian Music Awards, Mama. Okay. And uh, SM and Mama don't necessarily get along too well, even now. They don't always send all of their members, like all of the idols that should go to it, you know, just kind of as it is. Um, mm-hmm. In 2009, they straight up boycotted it and didn't go. Um, okay. Yeah, because they're saying that the criteria for like awards and stuff is kind of garbage, um, and it wasn't fair. Um, they specifically brought up like Girls' Generation, who had topped the Korean music charts for nine consecu- consecutive weeks and won numerous awards with their single that year, uh, but for some reason it had conveniently never won on Mnet's weekly uh, music show, uh, and had only appeared on their charts uh, for a month after the album release. M- uh, SM also said that it was... They also cited that uh, voters had to pay a fee to vote for um, their their favorites, and they said they didn't want to see fans suffering any damage from the poll, which had commercial intentions, so that was kind of cool. And to tie that back in with Mama, YG doesn't go to Mama at all. Like, they straight up yeah. quit going to Mama in, like, 2016. The last time Big Bang went in to Mama, G-Dragon did a performance, and he had an ad-lib rap at the beginning, basically just calling Mama for being complete garbage. It is a fantastic intro. Jeez. <laughs> it's, it's literally like, go ahead and give everyone else the awards. I don't care. I'm better than this. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. I'm making lots of money. I don't care. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's more eloquently put. Where I just the first time I watched it, like I didn't process, like I didn't understand the backstory to it. And like when I watched it after I found out, like he's dissing the show he's performing on. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of incredible. <laughs> Where's the best place to speak up about him? But at the place you're at, right? It's one of those. I'm like, I'm really surprised it's still like on YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, so that's SM. Part two of our big three series. Like us, please. I need the validation. <laughs> uh, and IG and Twitter. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave a review. Um, Rate us. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so ominous. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.